0: Welcome back to How Do You Do With Me Hat And Me Flow This week We have Vicky and Kit. It's very exciting because they're a creative duo from DK Books. So Vicky is an editor and Kit is a designer.
1: So we were really excited to find out a little bit about what they do and how they do it and investigate a little bit about how their creative relationship
0: works. Yeah, and they brought some wonderful books along. So we have some fun facts for you in this episode. Oh yeah, so hang on until the
1: end to find out some fun facts about dinosaurs and more. So see you then. Bye. Bye.
0: Hi guys, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. We're very excited. It's our first show with with two people. Yeah, we've got four of us in the studio today. It's great. (laughs) So we'll start with the first question, which
2: is what do you both do? I'm Vicky and I work as an editor at DK, um, working specifically on our older children's range of books. So it's normally like from nine upwards Um, and we do all sorts of books from encyclopedias to general sort of fun facty type things and other things in between nice I'm Kit I am a designer so in
3: terms of creative I do the other thing to Vicky <laughs> we, we have editors and we have designers so I work in the same team which is the knowledge nine plus team mm-hmm. and we work on a lot of the same books together I love that. The, the, other, the, other. the other side. <laughs> We're not, we, it's not like... To sum up the whole company. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a Sharks and Jets thing. We do get along, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's two things. Um, and how do you do what you do? This is the only place I've worked, but I think it's a very collaborative
2: process, would you say? You're looking at me tentatively as I'm, if I won't agree. I, but, I, don't, know. I don't know what you're going to say. But yeah, it's, no, it's very collaborative, um, especially between designers and editors, because it's all very well having a great idea for a spread and a concept if it looks completely rubbish and you can't figure out where to put images on the page, it's not going to work. Yeah, a lot of back and forth.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, like DK is quite unique in that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to just explain a little bit about
3: how that works? So Hmm. DK is very visually led. they, They pride themselves on big pictures, which isn't to say that Not even big pictures, just explaining things visually. So where some publishers would stick in some more words, we will try and visualize it in a way that you know, pictures of a thousand words. So that we we can especially with children as well, so that we can really make an immediate impact with the visuals we're working on. Yeah.
0: It's such a fun way of thinking, I can imagine, like having to think if infographically about information. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But I wanna just ask, how do your
2: roles relate to each other? Well, editors and designers work quite closely together because when you're coming up with the concept... For the book, it's not just we're going to get the author and do the text first or we're going to do the layouts first. It's like a collaborative process all the way. So we'll get together, have lots of meetings, think about how we'd like to lay out a topic, talk about ideas, do lots and lots of different drafts, and then it comes back to editors, it comes back to designers. So the whole process from start to finish is a mixture between the two. It's not like there's a design stage and then an editing stage. Mm. It does tend to merge a lot more.
3: Yeah, Sometimes you'll find that there are periods when... Editors are busier than designers and vice versa, but no one's ever resting on their laurels. You're always waiting for some sort of input from
2: the others to move things forward. And even when you think a book is very nearly designed done, and you're just doing the final text changes, sometimes the consultant or whoever might throw a spanner in the works and say, "Actually, we should probably change something here." And you go back and change the artwork, and so and so. That is super annoying when, you've, when you commission an
3: artwork. It's like, guys, it's high res. What can we do? But we deal with it. The,
2: we deal with it. The very accommodating of us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have always like try and nudge in a few more pictures, try to make it a little bit bigger. And they're like, "No, we, we need some. We need some words, please." <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> uh, and what's your favourite thing about both of your roles?
2: I guess I like how um, how how much freedom you have to be creative. So because a lot of um, if you're working in fiction or if you're working at a different publisher, I think a lot of the books are very heavily author led. So the author ha- comes up with the concept, and you know you work around that, and you do things with to make the book fit the author's vision whereas at DK I feel like the vision really comes more from in-house from like editors and designers themselves so we come up with the concept and you know we get the author on board with that and we decide how we want all of the individual layouts to look Um, and that can be really fun because you can throw your ideas out there people won't always go for them but sometimes they do and um, yeah an idea that you had just gets ends up on the page and it looks really nice I was going to say we got a a kick-ass pub quiz team but (laughs) other other than that (laughs) I kind of put
3: you to shame That was answer, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, it, it surprised me when I got there because working in publishing, you expect an author, and sometimes we do have authors. Um, yeah. We have consultants, but I mean, on some of the projects, one of the books we're gonna we might talk about later, a lot of the ideas came from us, and I thought that was quite incredible yeah, to see amazing. that.
2: That's lovely, really that's so nice, really cool. Sometimes we do get to do a bit of writing as well, which is quite fun. For some of the more facty books, where you you don't need an expert so much, um, you get to do a bit of writing, which
1: is
3: fun. No, nice. oh, that's not. Nice. And you must be feel so connected to it by the time it comes out and that's really lovely. It's really hard sometimes because it kind of becomes your baby. Yeah. Mm. Um and when it is misbehaving. I called <laughs> one of one of my books, I think it was record breakers. I called it my problem child. <laughs> because by the end of it I just thought I love you, but I really hate you. <laughs> what was the problems with it? A few members of our team weren't around for chunks of the book. So at one point I was the most senior designer on it other than our boss. I've been at the UK for about a year, which was kind of terrifying. So yeah. I, I got a very good experience, but I was just like, oh my God, what am I? There were tears at one point, there oh. were tears. But we got there in the end, we always get there in the end. Um,
0: and I know that you guys have very different backgrounds, but can you tell us both how you got started?
2: So I joined DK, I think it's almost four years now, coming up to four years in September. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Maybe we'll have cake. What do you say? (laughs) We have
3: cake for everything. (laughs) Of
2: course. But before that, um, I I, I did a degree in English literature, like many people in publishing. If you work in it, you'll find out. Yeah. Um, And then I moved back home with my parents and did a very different job for a year, which was in communications for Network Rail. Mm -hmm. And I was doing like press releases for them and community relations and all sorts of random things. Oh, wow, you're very different. Yeah, I did some stuff with schools. It was a very, very varied job and it was quite fun. But um, then I decided I wanted to try and get into publishing. So then I took the internship at DK and then have stayed there ever since. Nice. And mm-hmm. how was Network Rail? It was interesting, yeah. Doing it, press releases for some company that people really, really can't hate. Well, yeah, it was, it was basically, we were building a new bit of railway um, near where people didn't really want us to build a new bit of railway, okay. so. Uh, You've got to a be lot really of, creative then. A lot then. of dealing with people. And explaining what was going on, because if you tell people the interesting thing about what you're digging and installing, then maybe they won't be so opposed to it. Mm. <laughs> if they can come and look at the fun diggers, then maybe they <laughs> won't mind that you're destroying the countryside <laughs> around them. Oh, God. Um, and yeah, how did
3: you get in? So I I think I followed a fairly standard route. Um, so oh, going way back, I, I did humanities at sixth form, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think my, I studied fine art and one of my teachers pointed me towards graphic design because I had an obsessively neat sketchbook bordering <laughs> on anal. <laughs> so she was like, I think graphic design could be for you. I <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'll try that. So I did a, a foundation diploma in art and design where you try your hand at all different sorts of design and very nearly went down the film route and very briefly considered fashion. But that was because they let me work with paper and I forgot that I was scared of sewing machines. <laughs> so that didn't last very long. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. I didn't let you hear any sewing oh, no, machines. Yeah, so I, like, oh, <laughs> yes. I I'm this. fine with paper, not so much with the fabric. But I think sewing long.
2: machines are scary too. Oh, I had an four. incident at GCSE Art where I almost lost a finger to a sewing machine. So. Really? Oh, <laughs> wow,
3: that's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's why I'm scared of them. <laughs> Stuff like that happens. Um, so anyway, about after the sewing machine related phobia... I, I did a g- degree in graphic communication, mm-hmm. which is just a, a posh word for graphic design with a bit of history and psychology thrown in for the hell of it. I'm glad you explained because I didn't get to ask you. No, no. It's, um, no one else calls it that. I think Reading, like where I went to uni, like, oh, we're, we're the academic face of graphic design. So they taught us history, which was great because I'm an absolute history nerd, as you <laughs> well know. And um, from there, I couldn't attend DK's interview day because it was the same day as my graduation mm-hmm. so they made a very special exception I think well I feel, I feel I felt special because of it I don't know if I was but I interviewed <laughs> for the same internship that Vicky did the year after mm-hmm. and I've been there for nearly three years now amazing nice and you often hear
1: like quite bad stories about internships especially in creative industries that you hear about you know people kind of just getting tea for months and not actually getting a lot of experience yeah Um, obviously you two
3: kind of a really benefit from yours what was your experience like on the internship dk they absolutely our department especially um really pride themselves on their internships because i remember the first day they introduced me to the team phil a manager showing around the office and i came back to my desk and there was a pile of printouts and a post-it note on it saying Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm the blonde one by the window. Can you look at these for me? Come and talk to me. I've got work for you. And I was like, oh my God, I've been here an hour and they've oh, got wow. me working on a book.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I would agree with you. I wasn't sure what to expect really, yeah. whether you'd be doing, starting off doing admin type things, but... um they were really good at getting you to come to meetings so you could see what all the books were about and then getting you involved in research. And it was also really nice, both of us started at the same time as a bunch of other interns. So especially as someone who, I didn't live in London before this and had moved down like, ah, I don't know anyone or what I'm doing or even how to use the tube or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it was quite nice to have another bunch of people to start with at the same time. And I still have lots of friends at DK, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, you do feel very alone when you're kind of in an yeah. internship. As When I did an internship, when I started out in TV, I, think, I was the only intern and I think bless them they just didn't know what to do with me so one day they went do you want to just watch some films like if it was school and <laughs> yeah. I was a kid <laughs> I was like I mean, yeah I do uh, but
3: it, it, it definitely, definitely helps having other people like, yeah, I, I remember 100%. my first day Vicky grabbed me and was like we're going to me and the other interns are going to take you guys for lunch I was like oh, okay oh, oh, so cool. sweet. he's really kind and I'd, I'd stayed friends with a lot of my cohort of interns, mm. like we went on holiday together. Oh, pretty oh, cool. No funding yeah. experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really great. And
0: yeah, quite a few of us are still there, which bodes well, I guess. Oh. I did my first internship at Virgin Atlantic in the uniforms department because I thought that I wanted to work in fashion. But they just dressed me up all week like little dolls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so there's loads of pictures of me, like, because you know what the Virgin Atlantic uniform is so like. It's like full on. It's, I think it's designed by Vivian Westwood. But is uh, it? you just. Yeah, yeah amazing. it's amazing. I knew it was a fancy design. It's quite, quite it, chic. It? Um, yeah, and there's just me looking like a mannequin on different days. <laughs> literally like their <that> toy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Aww. So Kit, knowing from lots of friends that are trying to break into the kind of designy world, the, yes. the designer world, what are the kind of struggles of breaking in do you think? And what advice could you give to other people who are trying to break into it?
3: I know at uni, it's very much about, in my experience, very much about teaching you the rules. Mm. But I feel like when you start working in the industry, you're encouraged to this is going to sound like a total cliche. They want you to break the rules because the rules mm-hmm. are boring. Like, there's mm-hmm. fundamentals you've got to deal with because no one can read white on yellow, mm. but there are some things you can push with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my biggest word of advice in terms of portfolios having personal projects is so important oh for sure yeah because there's a a million and one cookie cutter designers in London who are doing the same thing in the same typeface and Mm. probably come from the same unis like this Mm. new girl we've got from the same university as me she's doing the same projects that I was doing five years ago and it was quite funny to see that in her portfolio but I think doing personal work shows a totally different side of you it not only shows that you've got initiative and you bloody love the thing Mm. you're doing but it shows a creativity that I don't think
0: you always get in work assigned to you yeah for sure and a motivation to really want to get something off the ground and just doing it yeah it it shows you it
1: shows your character and it Mm. shows you're determined and talking about publishing Vicky
2: what has surprised you most about the industry um I guess Perhaps the thing that isn't always evident is how much of publishing, when, especially when you think of editing, you think of like the really nitty gritty bits of like sitting down, reading through text and like spotting fiddly little errors. But I think what surprised me most about my job and what I really like about my job is how much is more big picture stuff, how much is thinking about ideas and thinking more about like how you would structure things and Mm. the different approaches to things rather Mm. than just you know it's less to do with the fiddly bits it's more to do with the big concepts and I think that's really fun but it did also surprise me I was expecting a lot of you know attention to detail Mm. very fine detailed work and you do have to do some of that sometimes but also there's a lot more sort of brainstorming, yeah, fun,
1: So kind of like surprised work.
2: at the amount of creative freedom yeah, that you had. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Which I, is
3: lovely. I would agree with that. I mean, at uni, you need to sort of expect that you're obsessing over hairline spaces, but now I'm sort of scribbling in biro on the back of old printouts to get <laughs> ideas down as
2: fast as I can. It's, <laughs> it's kind of lovely, I think. That yeah. Obviously, we, we want the best quality books we can get, But when I tell anyone who doesn't know what my job is about my job, they always do think that you're basically a proofreader and that you're, mm, you know, correcting mm -hmm. for commas and things like that, rather than other stuff like, does this sentence actually explain friction to a nine-year-old? Or would they not understand it at all? Should we just, like, scrap it and explain it a different way? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I think especially in something like
1: publishing, which is quite an established kind of industry, you'd think that
0: maybe, like, younger people wouldn't get so much of a say. Yeah. So that's really nice
1: yeah. that DK's doing that. Definitely.
0: Mm. And talking a bit about you guys kind of working together, how does a creative partnership work? So we're not paired up,
3: we're not monogamous, <laughs> so to speak.
2: <laughs> Kit, how could this you? podcast
3: has taken a very different turn. <laughs> um, I to say something that's going to lower the tone. I go where I'm needed. <laughs> <laughs> we on on each, you know, like a double page spread in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, each one will have a edit an editor and a designer assigned to it. And it could be the case that an editor is given a whole chapter, so they're working on a single theme. And depending on the designer's availability, we'll get assigned to their spread to work with them.
2: Yeah, That's it's precious. often done by that. The double page spread is how we tend to yeah. view things. Mm. Um, and in terms of where the partnership goes from there, again, it's very back and forth, but often it starts with whether you've got the author coming up with the concept or whether the concept's in house. You say to the designer, well, this is the vague concept. What can we do with it? For the book we're working on at the moment, I often, it's a very, um, it's an illustrated book. So it's very, very visual. And um, we're using animals to illustrate. Um, some of the concepts so I often say to Kit hey we're doing this science topic I've done a really bad sketch of maybe <laughs> what? I think it could work could you make this into like a proper <laughs> actual design layout that we could show to someone senior I, I
3: think you underestimate yourself so I love your sketches because Aww. it
2: really <laughs> helps
3: <laughs> as a, as a designer I love them anyway I'm sure they're but
2: entertaining <laughs>
3: as, as a designer it helps um because sometimes again Explaining, I don't know if it's just me being dense, but trying to explain something to me verbally. I sometimes get about half of it yeah, 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 yeah. but then when you show me a picture I'm like oh yeah I can do that that's fine I get it I get it now it's yeah. the right
0: medium for exactly. you to understand you should do like a little section in one of the books of the outtakes of all your sketches <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> that would be hilarious how book could have been if it was <laughs> produced by
2: someone with no artistic ability oh. whatsoever <laughs>
3: I would love us to swap roles on a book for charity or something can you imagine the carnage
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd actually be quite a good editor though you put the rest of us to shame oh,
3: I don't
1: know you <laughs> guys are so
2: sweet i I <laughs> get, get really excited tracks
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that though what skills do you think you've picked up from one another
3: I do think that working with editors has really taught me a different way of thinking hmm. in terms of design because I, th- I think when you're trying to define design what separates it from art is the purpose and Probably when I started, I could go into something all guns are blazing thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to look amazing, it'll look great on the page, but it wouldn't be saying anything or explaining anything. Mm. So it kind of defeats the point. I mean, we're always looking to go big and beautiful and badass images, but if it's not doing the job, if it's not explaining how friction works to a (laughs) nine-year-old to use your case study, then what's the point of us doing it? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think that working with editors has made me think... In, yeah, in a more processed way, in a more logical way. And yeah, I think it's made me a better designer for it. From the sounds of it, DK just sounds like a lovely place to work where you're
1: kind of working together and it's quite collaborative. But I think often when people think about creative industries, you see it as very competitive. And like, yeah. I know from my experience when I was getting in, you kind of, if you go to like a group interview, you're kind of watching your back and because you kind of think everyone's after the same job. Yeah. What's been your experience? Have you found publishing or design to be competitive industries and kind of how have you
3: adapted with that? I, I think with us, it's sometimes tricky when you start because of the temporary work situation. Because mm. um, so when we started, we were both temporary staff and we obviously both, we liked where we were working and wanted to stay there, which took a while. And there's only so many jobs. But I don't think
2: anyone was screamingly competitive. The newer you are, I think the more insecure you're feeling about whether, you know, you're, whether someone else is going to do a better job than you and they're mm. going to get rid of you. But yeah. the more you stay somewhere, the more Mm. you start to feel like, no, I am making a valuable contribution. Mm. Um, I think applying for jobs is one thing in itself because I know that I applied for loads of jobs in the industry and didn't get anywhere. So that's, I'd say, what is tough with the whole competitive nature is that you can just get completely rejected from so many and then suddenly a job will say, yeah, we'll interview you. So Yeah, yeah. I I expect it to be a lot more devil wears to be honest. (laughs) It's very friendly, but I guess there's probably similar... Similar structures in place like other companies where if you want to progress and move higher up, you have to get noticed maybe and you have to... Figuring out, navigating that is probably the tricky bit. Group interviews are scary. I had to do one once at the Royal Academy when I worked
0: in like front of house. Mm. And the people that were kind of very loud and the ones that took up all the sound space, yeah, they didn't get the jobs because... Well, probably because people were a bit scared of them by the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> and
3: I, I feel like a good company will be able to see your your traits come mm. through and whether or not that will so, suit their, their values.
1: Yeah. I hope so anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't really need to shout
3: it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So with young people kind of creating a lot of their own content and putting stuff out on YouTube and on Instagram, What would be your biggest piece of advice for young people wanting to work kind of in a creative working relationship?
2: Doing all that stuff is like a great place to start. Be enthusiastic, be interested in so many different things. And then if you've got all these great projects and things that you're doing on the side, then it shows someone that you're going to be the sort of creative, collaborative person to work with that they might want in Mm. their company or in wherever you choose to go.
3: I bloody love the whole... DIY revolution mm, it's yeah. amazing for creatives and for the industry and you see so many people just ditching uni and going at it by themselves whatever works for them and I, I, I think the thing I found recently is I mean, we, we quite often talk about this we're of an age that we haven't always had social media I was quite a late comer to it yeah. and in the last year or so I've started sharing my personal work to social mm. media and I think another big thing is actually reaching out to people Because you can sit there and churn out content and people see it, but when you start communicating with other creators that's when you start getting these collaborative relationships and quite often it seems that people sort of admiring your stuff from afar (laughs) as much as you were admiring theirs. it's like oh my
0: god they want to work with me and it's easily done yeah 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 it's that thing of grass is always greener but it's a two way street it's a two way piece of grass yeah (laughs) Yeah. and
2: then my mum keeps asking me what the term is every time I go home she's like what's that word again (laughs) you know that young word for doing another project I'm like do you mean side hustle (laughs) mum my Calls it time-wasting. No, no, no. No, not really, not really.
0: (laughs) Very encouraging. So um, who were your mentors when you were coming up in the industry? I had the best personal tutor at uni.
3: I think she was great. Dr. Mary Dyson. She was awesome. Hoover's. (laughs) I do. I never asked her, but I wish I had. (laughs) I wish I had. She was great. She, She was more academic than I wanted to do, but she was just so encouraging and she... She nearly steered me onto a master's. He was that encouraging. I mm. thought, well, maybe academia is for me. She oh. was great. Um, and not so much from the design side. I mean, I feel like our managers, Fran and Phil, are like our team parents. They look after us mm. and they're very good managers. So I feel like they've looked after us from the word go.
1: Lovely. And
2: Vicky? I mean, there's lots of people I met when I started DK who've really helped me, like, even people who've been there just two or three years before and we're always happy to answer questions and tell you about things like that um so yeah probably like the colleagues I met at DK would really help me get to know the place and answer yeah answer all the queries mm. <laughs>
3: can I mention one more person yeah, yeah Fleur my work mum never heard work mum you hear no, work yeah. wife work <laughs> wife no Fleur is my work mum she <laughs> is my work mum <laughs> I feel like it's, it's
2: yeah if you look after you yeah it helps it's, it's a nice, we have a nice team, I think. That's so nice. Um,
0: and what's the best piece of advice that you've received from a mentor or someone in the industry that you think's helped you along the way?
2: Mm. I would say it's um, always speak up and mm. ask questions and be keen. Because I think sometimes, especially when I started um I'd go to meetings, you know, I'd listen because I was trying to, you know, be serious and mm. be absorbed and I wouldn't want to say something because in case I had no understanding of what was going on. Um, but the more the more I was in my job, the more I was like, yeah, I'm going to put myself forward. And I think it was just, it was one of my friends actually who worked in a different industry but was saying, just be keen, you know, yeah. be keen, ask ask your questions, say your things, even if it's completely wrong, at least you're showing an interest and you'll yeah. learn from that rather than sitting with things inside you. Mm-hmm told so much, Thomas. Quite recently, on some of the projects
3: we're working on, but you know, it doesn't apply to everything. But don't take things personally, because mm-hmm. you're going to work with difficult. I mean, I'm I'm soft, but you you're going to work with some difficult people, and some of the things they say isn't a jibe at you. It's more of a reflection of themselves. And mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get bad feedback, and you can dwell on it, and you can get upset about it, or you say, "All right, okay, I'm going to fix that mm-hmm. and carry on
2: with it." Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to second that as well. I <laughs> yeah. think especially when you're young and new and starting out in industry, it can be very easily to, you know, take criticism oh, yeah. and be like, Oh no, I'm terrible, I'm a fraud. Mm, yeah, yeah. And you sometimes have to learn that no, you know, this is just how it works. Nothing's gonna be right on the first time and yeah. you need to adapt things. I think with lots of young
1: people kind of starting out, they're afraid to ask for help because I think Oh yeah, yeah. It seems like a kind of that you should especially in creative industries when there's like loads of jargon TV there's so mm-hmm. much jargon and you kind of think that you should already know what yeah. that is I remember feeling like such a fraud because I hadn't done I hadn't studied film I hadn't kind of done any media training at all Yeah. so when I came in I just felt like a fraud and I didn't ask anyone for help which is kind of why we're doing this podcast mm. a little bit but what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone starting out kind of looking for guidance I'll, I could be the same piece of advice
3: yeah I, I think <laughs> ask for help is great I mean I know it's not always easy if the people you're you're working with a total dickheads for want of a better words. <laughs> but I think ask for help. help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah if you reach a... out to your peers, to yeah. the community you've mm. got. And I mean, don't be afraid of not knowing things because like I said, I've been here three years and I'm still learning Terms. I only mm. found out what a pink was the other day, and I'm still not entirely sure what that is. <laughs> what is it? What is it? A pink, it's a very DK term for a certain kind of form.
2: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> oh, what I remember. There was there was jargon I didn't learn for like, yeah. i was still learning years years <laughs> I thought you
0: were saying you're a graphic designer and you weren't sure what pink was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think one of the
3: tough things you might encounter is that people who have the experience, who have been there for however long, will forget what it's like to be new. And I think that's that's really hard on people trying to get in there because they expect too much of you, which, and you're already expecting too much of yourself, no doubt. I think if you're trying to get into creativity.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really know how to overcome that. I think that's a really good point, actually, because sometimes you can feel like if someone's asking you to do it, it's because they think you should already know it. And mm, yeah. Whereas actually they may be asking you to do it because they've just automatically assumed that yeah. that is a thing you have, rather than, yeah. and if you just said, I don't already know that, they'd be like, oh, of course, yes, I'll happily tell you that rather than be like, well, you should. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point, actually.
0: And that's a good piece of advice, actually, for people, kind of in work and have had a few years in the industry to kind of be patient with new starters. Because mm. I've had that when we've had interns and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. But actually, we've all been there, you, you know. You do forget, yeah. We've all had those moments of making weird tea. <laughs> I still can't make a good cup of tea.
2: Oh, really? No, you
0: can. It feels really
2: <laughs> terrible when you mess up such a tiny thing. There. I remember yeah. at my it's first awful, job, awful. on my first day, I was asked to just like... I think it was cut out some flyers we were doing or something. Um, But I'm left-handed and they only had right-handed scissors. So I was like, So no, so basically I was like, I've given me the simplest task and I'm still doing it really badly.
0: (laughs) I was asked to um, like, scan loads of files but they had staplers in them Mm -hmm. I think there was a hundred files do you know that there's a piece of equipment that takes out staplers oh it took me a
2: really long time to learn this my poor
0: little fingers were ripped (laughs) to shreds I was taking them out
2: with my my finger and thumb I just had no fingernails left it was
0: so painful So what is your guys' favourite project that you've worked on together and favourite books that you've worked on together? Mm. But
3: I think my my favourite is Feminism Is. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Yeah, you thought you were going say that. I, I like, thought you say I that. You have it with you, do you? We do have we it do. with us. Yeah. We have it. Oh, it's,
1: it's
2: beautiful. great cover. So it's quite an unusual one for yeah, our books, actually. So This was...
3: Um, Well, we had a series called Heads Up. We had uh, sociology, philosophy, psychology. Money. Money. And these were aimed at slightly older kids going into the teens. I was sure in Spain, like a psychology course adopted it as part of their reading at school.
0: that's amazing.
3: Feminism, you know, a few people are talking about it nowadays.
0: (laughs) So we,
3: yeah, so feminism is, is introduction to feminism i guess for young people so each spread
2: covers like a big i think they're all supposed to be questions at the start but then it's hard to form everything into a question most of our books have photography or cgi Mm. but
3: this one was illustrated by me and my colleague which i am very proud of yeah it's
1: amazing that's so cool um, I'm not even talking. I'm not doing. You I know. <laughs> I'm looking
3: at it. We stopped interviewing. We we're literally talking about. It. I, I think for me as well, when you see a book that you think I would love, well, I love it anyway. But if I was in that demographic yeah. and it had been out, then I would have like some of our dinosaur books. Think I would have been losing my tiny mind over it. But mm-hmm. and think, that's how you should create, really. Exactly. Isn't it? You create yeah, you would have wanted at that time. I think we we really cared about. Well, we care about all our books. but This one, it was mostly women on the team, and mm-hmm. we thought right we're doing something. A few ladies we work with are mums. they got kids who are the right age group for this. Yeah. And we thought, right, we can do something with this.
2: Yeah, maybe. It was a good book to work on editorially as well because um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from the yeah. book. And it was great All looking at all these different... Re- we had a, a wonderful consultant as well who used to send you really interesting pieces of research mm. and find a way to just still it down into like a few little points
3: it was really good i felt so enlightened there were so many great articles being sent around the office like (laughs) oh my god did you hear about this um can you do you guys have like a favorite bit in the book i have a favorite artwork i did because i thought it was a really important issue that Mm. maybe could have got left out of some people's feminism books but it was something i could relate to even as a 25 year old um And it was the social media spreads. Mm -hmm. Oh, amazing. Uh, And it's not a specifically feminist issue, but I thought it was something that youngsters can relate to. The artwork shows a woman on her phone screen looking super glam with a million great comments about how, how wonderful she looks. And just outside the frame, you can see that she's got her PJs on, she's got hairy legs, and there's a light, very tactically placed light to make her look her best. And I think a couple of weeks before, we had a lot of ideas for this one. I'd take a headshot for a talk I was giving, yeah. and I was in my PJs. I think I had a cold, so I just sort of, from the waist up, got changed, <laughs> put makeup on, found some good lighting, and took a photo of myself. <laughs> so this picture is semi-autobiographical, but I thought, I felt like people can
0: relate to this. Yeah,
1: for sure. It yeah. kind of
0: explains exactly what it needs to explain, doesn't it? Yeah. And what's me? the um, what's the kind of page talking about? So it covers... Um, the issue of what we see on social
3: media Mm. against reality, and I, I, I think this was particularly important to me because I I realized that we think, oh, you know, silly teenagers—they can't tell difference—but most people can't. I feel Mm. like a lot of people struggle to differentiate
2: and it's not good for mental health, but I won't get into that. For sure, yeah. Um, I think there are lots of studies about how it impacts yeah, teenage yeah, girls, yeah. and I'm sure we tried to get some of that research in there.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think we have...
2: I think um, we edited that one, but I remember I remember it being talked about.
3: <laughs> yeah, just skimming. We're talking about the benefits, activism, uh, airbrushing of models, and also mm. online abuse. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, this goes into some quite tough stuff. I mean, it's Actually quite dark, actually, compared to most yeah. of our books. Yeah. Some of the artworks, we had to really, I mean, just you know, just looking at the glossary, we got non-binary in here. We're yeah. talking about bi erasure. We had
2: a lot of we had a lot of lovely celebratory spreads, though, of we, women, yeah. And we did a great history section at the start, so it's not all doom and gloom. No, it's not all doom and gloom.
3: But we, I felt like we didn't shy away from.
2: <laughs> no, we didn't the hard shy away from either. covering difficult issues, which is nice because you don't want. Um, especially if it's a book for young adults, you don't want them to feel patronized. Yeah, things are being left
0: out. Yeah. And Vicky, do you have a favourite spread?
2: Uh, my favourite artwork is, I think, one of yours as well, which oh. is the the girl power one. Is it? Is it one of yours? Oh, the Riot the Girl. The Riot girl one. Sheila's. Oh, is she it? Oh. love you saying that. <laughs> <your> <laughs> shout, out to 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 <laughs> shout out to Sheila. So that's my favourite artwork. And can oh, you describe yeah. what we're yeah. seeing? Um, So it's a load of angry girl singers with guitars and it's got some of the slogans from a lot of those 90s. I learned a lot about the waves and I've already forgotten which waves is which, but I think this was third wave feminism Riot girl. Riot girl. And then we also talked a little bit about the Spice Girls Mm -hmm. and how they kind of popularized a little bit of girl power themes. Um, And so we've got some quotes. um, And I just thought it was a really fun illustration, which is why it's it's my favorite. It's really nice. and yep. it was a nice, light-hearted spread as well.
3: Yeah, it's just one of the empowering ones. I yes. feel it's got me <laughs> listening to some Bikini Kill for sure. Yeah, we we had um, Holly Harris who
1: worked at Penguin who worked on Feminist Don't Wear Pink. I don't know if you oh. saw that Penguin book. I, I just bought I that today. She bought that today. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, it's, oh it's fantastic! It's, it's a great. really, really great book. But we were talking about some of the struggles of making such a complex topic hmm. like feminism is, and kind of I'm sure a lot of the books you work on are. How, what are some of the struggles? of making those big themes
3: relatable, especially to young people. When we were brainstorming ideas for the graphics, it was hard because you're looking for sort of visual cues and symbolism. It was really hard not to fall into gender stereotypes straight <laughs> off the bat. I mean, yeah. some of them we've taken them and run with them because it serves a purpose, like the 50s housewife. But right. you realise how ingrained some of the stuff is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, an, an sure. interesting thought
0: process. Yeah.
2: No, it's a lovely book. <laughs> um,
0: which, what's this one called? The good, good,
2: good. Explanatorium of Science, and it's basically supposed to be a big photographic guide to science topics. So all of the... It's very exciting Most looking. of the spreads are... Shiny front cover. Uh, yeah. A lot of it, the spreads are experiments. So oh. we photographed a lot of experiments. We did the experiments with ourselves. Oh, that's fun. I, uh, and we photographed a lot of them. And it's basically like a big experiment. Introduces you to the topic.
3: If I'm allowed mm. to say this, I don't know if HR will lynch me for this. Mm. They set my hand on fire <gasps> for a shoot intentionally. Intentionally. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't was an accident. No, Robert, Robert Winston did scorch the ceiling of the lab with some oh. potassium. He was apparently very keen on making the explosions bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: it, it looked it some great videos. I think they're going out on um, social media at some point. Wow, it's so I didn't ever would have thought it would have been so hands-on. That's yeah, it, it, DK kind of pride themselves on taking their own images, yeah. but mm. we. Yeah, I mean, I, I ended up with a lot of the not ended up with I loved it, a lot of yeah. the chemistry experiments because I was doing the rough layouts yeah. and then they said, well, you've done that much, you might as well see it through. Yeah. So I got to go on the photo shoot and, and
2: get your hands set on fire. yeah, <laughs> five things, including myself. Yeah. But we did, yeah, we do it. At, um another series which is experiments that can, kids can do themselves and it teaches mm. them how to do the experiments but this was very much don't try this time <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure they had to put in all sorts of legal disclaimers yeah but, um, <laughs> but
3: we just did yeah. a book called the survival book which is like bear grills for babies and a lot of things we had to say like just be careful like <laughs> <laughs> don't you just be careful, please. Don't <laughs> start these fires. where you shouldn't <laughs> is the picture of your hand on fire in the book. It didn't make it in the end for health and safety reasons. Oh, no. <laughs> That's yeah. cra-
1: fair enough. Well, yeah. the most Not explosive say, one? Oh, this the, the most explosive oh, I love
2: <laughs> <a potassium> one. <laughs>
3: it's in the reactions um, chapter. Which one's
2: that? That's early on, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Oh, the alloys is cool. The alloys one, you take a cup of coin and you dip it into a heated zinc solution mm. and it turns silver. It's oh. cool. Mm. And you hold it over Bunsen burner and it turns gold. Wow. And this isn't like actual gold, it just yeah. looks gold. It turns brass, yeah. I think. But it was really cool to see. Fun. This thermite reaction, we were worried it was going to be so explosive and super dangerous and in the end on the day i was on the shoot we couldn't light the bloody thing (laughs) they had to do it the next day (laughs) but i
2: think it involves iron oxide i did edit the spread so i should remember but um yeah i think it's basically you add a tiny bit of heat to the reaction and then the reaction then generates loads loads more heat and explodes and produces like molten lumps of iron But that was the idea, because if you're explaining, you know, this is a so-and-so reaction in normal text, it's maybe not that inviting, but if you have a big explosion on the page. Explosions
3: make everything exciting. Yeah, I mean, I did a biology A-level, and those experiments were super boring, so (laughs) I'd blow stuff up. And what was so special
1: about working on that book?
2: Um... Doing the
1: experiments was quite yeah. fun.
2: There are, I did have a load of things on my desk at one point, so we almost got told off by facilities. Oh, the but, eggs! Yeah, there's a great experiment you can do to show osmosis, which is where you put an egg in vinegar and you leave it there 48 hours and it dissolves the shell and then you just got left with this like, rubbery ball. Cool. Oh, but it was just on your desk.
3: You could <laughs> have seen them in the process. There was flesh <laughs> like coloured foam. They look the disgusting
2: most. when the vinegar is coming is like obviously eroding the shell, and they smell quite bad too. And I just left a load in the Egg-y kitchen. Vinegar. Like, please don't touch these eggs; they're dissolving. The oh, terrible office etiquette! Yeah. Yeah. But then you can stick them in water, and they yeah. swell up. And you can oh, stick them wow. in syrup, and they shrink down. Oh, and it shows cool. like how substantial Is it any kind of vinegar? I think so. Mm. Yeah, I did. You we did have to do some good. research about um, the exact potency yeah. of vinegar we were using at the time, but it seemed to work.
0: And what are you working
1: on at the moment?
2: Another science book, an illustrated science book. Um, so we've got an illustrator that DK has done a lot of books with on board And um, it should be quite a fun concept
3: Yeah, yeah we, we tend to work on a couple of books at once So I'm on, we have a series called It Can't Be True oh. Which is amazing It's very fun to facts. It's Yeah, yeah. It, It's a really visual, I think this is like the mother of all DK books It's called It Can't Be True Animal nice. So every, every every spread is a fact about animals It just makes you go, wow
2: like QI I, books. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And we like we like the big visual it's all yeah, about yeah. big visual comparisons. It must say that like four thousand times over the cover and the proofs <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Um so I think the cover at the moment, or it was when I was working on it, was there was a, a blue whale weighed against however many elephants it weighs. And it's a big like, like stack of these elephants so you can see <laughs> Yeah. The comparison. Or we like lining things up against buildings to see yeah. how tall things are or Great for the pub quiz. Any kind of yeah. comparison yeah. you can pub do. Course. Very niche knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. You have. I, I was
1: all... If that ever came up you'll look so
2: smart. <laughs> I was doing
3: something the other day and I got a question right because of a DK book. Oh, I was right. super
2: smart. I have retained some facts from <laughs> I think It Can't Be True Too did get me <laughs> really? did get me a point in the pub
0: quiz actually one time. <laughs> um, and what other books have you got? Is there any kind of favourite facts that you've got oh, that you want to
2: share? Uh, so, What's Weird on Earth? This was great as well. Yeah. There's Cannibal Animals. Which I, I can't just, believe that made it just in really like that one for some reason. <laughs> it, it was sounds fun. great. Um, and then there was weird jobs around the world. Oh, yeah, all these islands. I, I like the animals, this fun. We oh, said,
3: amazing. We, we had to be careful because, as my work mum Fleur put it, you didn't want it to become a point and stare book. Mm. So, you know, you obviously don't want to say, oh my God, look at this person's culture. That is so weird. We don't want to right. do that. Of course, yeah. But we want to say things that you kind of go, Oh, wow, that's different
2: yeah, to what that are I know. Really intriguing. Mm. this is This is,
3: yeah. Did you say there was a supernatural page? There is a whole chapter on it. And uh, I think it was quite tricky because how do you verify ghost sightings? Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun fact I learned earlier in the state of New York, you have to disclose that your house is haunted if you're going to sell it. No. Really? Yeah that's Apparently. an amazing fact Apparently, according to the data spread yeah oh you've got, you got to tell me where your house is haunted
1: <laughs> to be fair I would live in a haunted house this is off topic slightly but I was talking to someone about this recently and they were saying they
2: never would I definitely would so, so interesting see I think I would but I wouldn't live alone in a haunted house <laughs> Could <you laughs> live with other people and we could have all have a good laugh
0: yeah.
3: in, <laughs> in London the landlord will probably charge the ghost
0: rent <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future hold for both of you
2: I mean we've, we're working on some fun books at the moment um and they've also started um quite a nice new initiative in our da- department where they're letting us pitch ideas more. Yeah, oh, So hopefully the future might hold us getting some ideas accepted or yeah. things yeah. like that yeah. maybe.
1: Um, and what piece of advice would you give to your younger self knowing what you
3: know now? Why is it really corny? No, corny the better. We just, love corny. Just, yeah. <laughs> just just stay you. Like Just be keen and just be nerdy and just keep making shit because people love that and yeah. you love that.
0: Yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah, I think be keen is a good one. I keen think there's no need to hide behind some <laughs> yeah, barrier and feel like yeah. that you can't. You need to politely not. I feel like at
3: school, people really mean to me because I was a keynote. But you get into work and everyone friggin'
0: loves a keynote. You know that being
1: keen is cool. That's cool. Being keen
0: was so uncool. (laughs) Especially as a teenager, the transition is like very dramatic. Mm. Stay keen. Yeah. That's lovely advice. Yeah. stay keen kids and stay in school <laughs> oh, yes, unless you wow. don't want
2: to and that's fine <laughs> we support everything
0: <laughs> oh thanks so much guys for coming on the podcast yeah, it's great you. to I chat to that. you thank, thank you for that, having us yeah. I've had a great <laughs> time thanks for bringing show and tell
1: you're our first <laughs> guest, to bring, <laughs> guest to bring
0: show and tell oh, yeah, we're glad you like the books
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> thanks guys amazing thank you Oh, how lovely were they? Oh, they were so, so sweet. They were lovely. Yeah, it was great to chat to a creative Mm. duo. And it was nice to hear how they learn off each other as well Mm. and bounce off each other so much. And they kind of did that in the actual studio too. Yeah,
1: it was just lovely to watch them kind of and really boosting each other up as well, which I think is so sweet and lovely. And it's such a shame. Kit said something so interesting as she was leaving. She said that... Actually, the book that got her into design was a Photoshop book by DK. Amazing.
0: So beautiful. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, full circle. <laughs> and it was really interesting hearing them talk about being able to break the rules at DK in a creative space, especially in something maybe sometimes seen as quite rigorous, like publishing, but actually they have space to be able to break the rules and discover new things. Yeah, for
1: sure. And also, I think it was just lovely seeing... People that work together creatively and who obviously
0: just really value what they both bring to the table. Yeah, and so passionate about the subject. Also, fun fact. Oh, yeah. They were on. talking about dinosaurs at the end. We didn't get this on record, annoyingly. But apparently, there is a dinosaur named after Harry Potter. It's called, let's see if I get it right, Draco Hex.
1: Draco Rex... Hogwartius? Hogwartsia. Hogwartsia, which does sound like an STD, as you said when she <laughs> said which I don't think she appreciated. <laughs> but great
0: fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah. And so also, get yourself some DK books and get a load of fun facts. And what are they having to do with the dinosaurs that they found out recently? Well, oh, refeathering them, yeah, which, but not in a design term, no. like actually refeathering them. Yeah, because
1: they all had feathers. Who knew? Yeah, so we shout out now. to the
0: DK books. <laughs> <laughs> we got very distracted towards the end, just wanting to look at the fun facts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, we will put a link to
1: the books that they mentioned on our socials, which are Hattie? at how do you do pod, for, Insta and Twit and. Definitely go and check them out because they're a really lovely example of working together creatively and how that comes together. So
0: Yeah, and we're going to post some of the pictures of the pages that we were talking about so you can get an understanding of what they look like and you can visualise it. And if
1: you're interested in getting into publishing or design, we'll also put a link to some of the opportunities coming up at DK because they were mentioning their internship. So we'll have a look into that. Yeah, it sounds like a great scheme. It does sound like a great scheme. And a lovely place to work where everyone just <laughs> seems like the nicest person and in the world. And eats cake.
0: Yeah, And also, you get training to be good at pub quizzes. Yeah.
1: That's I'm amazing. so bad
0: at pub quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you again for the next one. Bye. Bye.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, then please, please follow us at how do you do pod on Instagram and Twitter and like and subscribe and review.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really important.